Welcome back to another episode of the Excellence Cartel. I have my voice back and I smell beautiful. I wish you guys could actually smell me right now. I Look swear to God. Too, Dude, thank you. I'm working on this beard. Speaking of which, <laughs> I'm going to throw it to you. How's that Chia pet? So, Lauren, who's our guest, which we'll get into. Oh, shit. Mr. Jeffrey Sue, I need your opinion upon his haircut and what you think upon that beard of his. That's what I need. Listen, the hair is not even done right now. I just got back from the gym. I ate a meal. I haven't even showered. Oh, it looks solid. It looks solid, dude. Don't be is, bashful. Is it true that you spend a lot of money on your hair every month? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get it like, you know, a keratin treatment. You know, I get it straightened and everything because my hair is naturally curly. You know, okay. it's very thick. So it's really hard to see it. If I do this, it just like, see how it just sticks up? So it needs to fall down in order for me to like style it, you know? Oh. So okay. I, you know, I go to like get a treatment every four to six weeks. And then I have a barber do my fade, and that's like you know thirty bucks or something like that. So, wow, so that is. He what is, said what it was is about four hundred. Yeah, what's your budget? What's your budget? We want to know. Four hundred bucks. Yeah, month. What's your budget? I, my budget? Yeah. yeah. I get my. I mean, my hair grows really fast, so I have naturally pretty light hair. So I dye it black. So um, when it comes in, it looks like I have gray hair. It's awesome. So I have to get it dyed. <laughs> pretty frequently i try to stretch it like every five weeks but every four to six weeks i'm getting it dyed so that's yeah, around 100 or so but that's about it it's not a keratin treatment that's <laughs> yeah, it's not a keratin 500 treatment. bucks oh no and my hair my hair if i had a keratin it my hair is like down to my glutes so like or pretty close so it would be very expensive to do yes. that so thankfully i have straight hair um so no need to do that so i pretty much just wash it and um you know blow dry my bangs and we're good that's that's it <laughs> So it's less than you, Sue. No, yeah, it's less than you, Sue. No one's beat you yet. No one's beat you yet. All right. All right. Let's, let's, see, how his, let's see how his week was. I want to hear a story. Yeah, I wanted to ask about the beer because this Rogaine thing is exciting. Oh, yeah. Well, just put that in there, Jeff, in your you know, weekly. Like, I, you know, I'm still putting it on, but it's not like I'm growing it out, Jeff. I'm not trying to grow this longer. I'm just why do you put Rogaine on your face? He uh, wants it to fill in. Yeah, I want it to Makes fill sense. in. Remember how when he grew it long, I told him it was terrible and he had to shave it? <laughs> like, it looked like a homeless man. Like if it's he not did. full, it was, too, it was too patchy. Just I'm trying to get it to be, you know, filled in and like nice and short. Keep it like buzzed, like a number three. Do you feel that the Rogaine is working at this point, though? I don't know, man. Could be a crap show. It's got to be consistent with it. Some nights I miss, so you know. Right. Isn't Rogaine bad for like your hormones, or is that made up? Um, I've heard that right? it increase estrogen. Um, I but, could see how it could do that. It's blocking yeah. DHT, but only at the scalp. But I mean, anytime you lower DHT, I mean, you could, in theory, um, be messing with your testosterone. So you like cry some, more? No, I mean, no, no, I haven't felt any effects, Jeff. You're yeah. not emotional. All right, we'll get into no. your week then. Let's go ahead and go to you. Well, Let, let's hear this week. All right. Well, the week has been good, man. You know, I had a couple more clients came back. You know, I feel like people are kind of getting ahead of the New Year's rush. So I signed. I think it was like three more people. Um. And then, oh, I got the Bronco. I picked up the Bronco, but oh, it failed man. inspection. So, <laughs> oh, fuck. These, these fuckers up in here. I am not surprised. Dude, they told me that, like, oh, yeah, we're, we guarantee you'll, you'll, it'll pass, blah, 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 all this stuff. We put a lot of work into it. So I drove, like, an hour 15 up there, drive back, right? And then, um, you know, I take it to a shop, and it fails. And it's, like, the steering column needs to be replaced. The U-joints are rotted. And, like, fuck. like, the high beams don't even work. And, like... The, uh, oh, the, the the washer fluid. They like, saw a sucker coming when he came in there. Dude, <laughs> yeah, they is, did. But yes, here's, they did. Here's the thing, though. They guarantee that they're going to fix it and make it right. 
but the good thing is like they fucked up the paperwork for the for the bank because there was an amount that I had financed, right? So they um so they can't do the deal. So the deal isn't set. So basically I told them tonight they're gonna actually they're gonna send two two guys down here to to redo the paperwork and take the truck back. Uh-huh. So we're not yeah. doing the deal unless they actually do, you know. I would just make the deal contingent on it passing now. Yes, that's what I told them. All right. Yeah, yeah. And, and believe me, the guy was, like, annoyed. And he was, like, he was like, I wish, like, you know, you hadn't – because I had called the bank and to verify the paperwork. He's like, I wish you hadn't called them. I was like, well, you know, I had to verify. You might do that. <laughs> so, so now I sort of had that upper hand now, you know. Yeah. Sue, the MasterCard player. But, um, you know, hey, speaking of cars, today I was driving back from the gym. I had this awesome, like, chest workout. By the way, my bench has gone up by, like, 20 pounds on that routine Austin Stout gave me. Oh, you just rub it in me now. (laughs) I swear to God, I'm going to fuck you up. Listen, so I was driving driving the M4, okay? And, like, this girl was, like, I saw this, like, girl driving behind me in, like, this white, like, Toyota or something. She had, like, pink hair. She's kind of cute, right? So she was just following me. And I could see in my rearview mirror, she was, like, looking, right? And then she pulls up next to me at a red light and she's like, Hey, I love your car. And I was like, yeah, I like it too. And then she was like, um, talking to me. she's like, rev it a little bit. I want to hear it. So I like, neutral. I rev it. She takes her phone out, sticks her arm out the window and she like, she like videos me a little bit. And then, um, she was like, Hey, like what's your Instagram? And like, I then like the red. Is this real? <laughs> light turned green. So I was like, Lauren's not in by your car, then, apparently. Like, I took off. And then she she's was like, like, what's an M4? Like, giving me like a thumbs up and like waving and stuff. And I just like booked it. And uh, I, yeah, have you gotten any it. new followers with I, pink I, hair? I, haven't che- I don't think so. I don't think she, I don't she, think she got it. But she was like this cute, like pixie girl with like pink hair, you know, the short like pixie hair, like, kind of like. Kind of like goth, but like, you know, edgy, you know? Where would you take like, her for a first date? Uh, <laughs> Motel 6. Sue, <laughs> <laughs> he'd be you hitting know, us up in the group. Like, you bring the booze, a- I'll, pay, I'll pay the room fee. Yeah, no, he'd be like, Jeff, uh, what kind of music should I be playing in the car? I know you listen to that kind of shit, so what should I play? <laughs> but hey, man, that, that, that M4 gets so much attention. It's funny, like, you know, guys ask me, you know, yeah, I bet they do. Girls <laughs> ask me, you know, hey, I love it, you know. Misconnection today, but other than that, Jeff, misconnection. <laughs> week has been beautiful. Good. Well, I'm glad to hear that, Jason. What about you? Is it? Is it so? Is it as you know, I was on. I was out of town. Maybe you know. Maybe maybe don't. But I was at the um, Great Lakes uh, Functional Medicine Nutrition Conference, um, hosted by Nutridyne. So I got there on Thursday in Minnesota. It's kind of cool. It's attached to the Mall of America, so you really don't have to leave like the whole weekend. You, they've got everything you could want to eat and even healthy shit over in the mall, and you just go to the conference, and it's fun. And uh, Vince's team was there with me too. Um, but I learned a lot of good new shit. There was a lot of doctors that presented some, some cool topics and different things on uh, cholesterol, um, just maximizing the body and the body seven systems that all have to work together and talk, different things like that. It was pretty cool. Um, but we went out Saturday night and we went bowling and one of the guys in the group had a cold and I guess sharing bowling balls, everyone's fingers going in those fucking holes just doesn't work. I don't know, but I'm battling a cold now. Oh, this sounds and we were, so bad. we were out till like three or four in the morning too. So Same choice of words, <laughs> I bet, <laughs> yeah. I bet your finger banging the balls. Going. Yeah. Finger banging um, the balls. I want to share holes. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so anyways, I've got a cold i believe now 
and yesterday I bet was you do. Yeah, you should cold. be ashamed of yourself, sir. <laughs> and oh. yesterday it seemed like every single person wanted to check in on Monday. And so I was working till like 9 PM and still didn't get everything out. So that on top of the cold and being tired, it was just a, it was a rough one. Um, but I'm all good. Uh, it's been a good week. Brought on a uh, new IFBB pro brought on a couple uh, other clients. So it's been cool. Um, that's about it for me, Jeff. Yeah, my weeks, no, I got a couple new clients. We finalized all the stuff with the Jared Strong event. That was 10769 bucks we raised nice for him. So, yeah, man, thanks. That was pretty cool. And then just earn that. It's kind of just uh, we're within 50 memberships of hitting 601. And if we do, That was your we, goal for 2020? No, my goal was 501 memberships for the gym. Oh, so we started the year that. at 327, and we should cross over 601. So nice. I get a bonus out of my staff. So that'll be cool to do. Nice. I'm looking forward to that. I know they'll oh, yeah, get that man. done. And then, no, pretty much really kind of, I mean, my life is nowhere near as exciting as it is. I don't get girls to want to rev, have me rev up against my, my car. And I've never had that. I've never had that in my Porsche either, man. So don't feel I know. I, I think I need to go get that super for sure. Huh? If you had a Porsche 911, you would. I don't know, man. The way I got that Panamera turbo set up, it's, it's just as cool as yeah. looking 911. Well, I bet it is. I'm going to turn it over to Lauren now, who is our guest. And for those of you who do not know, she is probably, in my opinion, the most, well, I can't say that like that, but the brightest up-and-coming female coach, already established coach. However you want to look at her, however you found her, she's awesome. And we're very fortunate to have her here today. But I have to ask her one important question. When was the last time a guy revved his engine at you? Because now I'm just curious. I'm going to ask every female I know. <laughs> like, have you ever revved a guy revved an engine? Yeah. Did you ever ask a man to rev his engine for you? Oh, no. All right. I would never ask anybody to do that. Fair I'm enough. also not a car chick. So maybe that's why. No offense, Jeff. But that's all right. I'm taking <laughs> I also don't have pixie sh- pink hair. You know, so maybe that's the thing. I don't know. Maybe but, that's the thing. Yep. Um, I had some car issues this week, which sucked. So um, my, we have a garage gym, and I still can get my car in there, And um, even though Ryan hates that. But so he's like, your shit's dripping oil. Like, you need to get it fixed, whatever. <laughs> it's like, God damn it. So my car is pretty old, but it was new when I got it, and there's no car payments. So like, I'm like, I don't want to get a new car. you know. And it runs well. It just is getting kind of old. So I brought it in, decided it was going to be like a routine oil thing. And they're like, oh, well, it's the, the, you know, the whole shebang, right? Of course. So there was apparently uh, CV boots. Is that a thing? I guess. I'm CV make boots? Like that. I don't know. I'd rather there's, clean house. Okay, yeah. There, <laughs> there's some shit in the front by the axle, apparently. That's pretty important. That was cracked, which was leaking like yeah. grease, yeah, which nice. is what that was. So... Um, <clears throat> there was like a thousand bucks. That was awesome and um, unexpected. Gotta love that, right? But yep. still cheaper than getting a new car. So I'm. That was my car troubles for the week. But no, I have not asked anybody to rub their engine for mm. me. Sorry. So you got very lucky. This is this is one of those things. It's a misconnection. You need to go on Craigslist like right now. <laughs> Make this happen. I don't well, think it would have worked out anyway. I'm sure. Well, Lauren, how's your week been besides the car? And anything else exciting? I mean. <clears throat> Car car issue aside, things have been good. Um, I was actually home this weekend, which was nice. Um, got to dress up impromptu for a Halloween party, so that was pretty fun. I haven't done that in like years, so that was cool. And yeah, I'm actually just gonna be going to a client show uh, this weekend, but it's it's only like three hours away, so no 
no flying. The past few months, really this whole year, has been absolutely insane on the road. So I'm excited to just take a few more trips this year, but mostly drive. Maybe one more time to fly to St. Louis, but that's going to kind of be it. All the other ones are going to be driving. So that'll be <laughs> really nice. <laughs> <laughs> Before I ask you my question, um, we have a lot of listeners who might not know who you are. So if you just kind of want to give like a little introduction of yourself and then I'll get in with the fire peppering of questions. Sure. So I am the owner of Team Loco Fit. So it's an online nutrition training business, uh, quite like you guys have. I do now have a team of people, which is pretty awesome. For many years, it was just me. It kind of started just, you know, one man crew in 2013, really small, and then built it up um, to a full time career. And then now I do have three coaches who are working as well. And then Ryan is our training director. So four person team, which has been awesome to build. Um, and I am an IFBB bikini pro, which, you know, for whatever that means, but I've been competing since 2011. So quite the extensive competing history I've taken this year off, probably take next year off, uh, just due to kind of the changes in bikini as far as the pro division. And just me, honestly, just being kind of burnt out from doing that for eight years. So taking some time off there. Um, I do have my master's in exercise science um, and my bachelor's as well. And finally, actually, we are publishing my research. So um, I did back in um, 2014, I started, got the ideas going. And then 2015 was actually when we did my research study. So we actually were the first study to look at a flexible diet versus a meal plan and kind of how that affected weight loss and weight regain. So um, just got busy with life myself and my advisor both did. And so never really got around to publishing it. But now I'm actually glad that we did because now I have more insights into kind of how I wanted to write the introduction and finish the discussion, which I wouldn't have had if I had done it then. So my views are slightly different. And even though it's only going to be just kind of the nuance there, it still is more impactful. So I'm really excited. We've actually put it in word journal to be reviewed. So fingers crossed we will, um, get that going and <clears throat> if they accept it and then the way the research works great um, everything's a conflict of interest in research unless you want to pay for it to be published so that's never a conflict so in order for it to be open you have to you have to pay for the journal so I'm hoping that I'll be able to do that because I do want everybody to read it um, so that's just academia for you but as soon as that is open access I will let everybody know and I'm pretty pumped about it so. yeah no cool. I can't wait Very to cool. see that one so my first question for you is what is the heart has been the hardest part or you think is the hardest part of being a female in the fitness industry on the business side yeah so there I would say that there's kind of two aspects here and I want to kind of approach it as far as like a coach and just a female kind of on social media so, cause they are similar, but slightly different. So just as a coach I agree. first, um, I would say that majority of our clients are females. I have worked with, you know, a handful of males over the years and we openly accept working with, I actually love working with male clients. So it's not like we try to not Don't work with males. Them, right. Yeah. It's just honestly, come, come at me, please. I love right. working with male clients. Right. Um, there are two oh, you have more testosterone, you re testosterone, you respond better. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Usually here's the thing with a male working with a female coach, they have to buy into mm -hmm. me being their yeah. coach. But once they've bought into that, yep. then they're great clients. Like there's no real, like, I'll be like, Hey, let's do this. And then they're like, okay, done. And I'm like, so no other follow-ups, no other <laughs> issues. No, they just get it done. So, um, but over the years I've worked, we've worked mostly with females. Um, and it's been really interesting because I do work with lifestyle clients, aspiring competitors, and then also a large handful of, you know, competitive competitors. And over the years, um, and I've talked to different admins and also my admin too, and there's kind of the two different types of clients. And there's a, a handful of people who say, 
I do not want to work with a female coach. Um, I can't listen to a female. And I think that's so interesting when like in reality, like obviously there's a lot of things that I've gone through personally that I can relate maybe a little bit easier. Um, so you would think, okay, well, why wouldn't somebody want a female coach? But then the other group of people are like, no, 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 I'd much rather have a female coach. Like I'm enjoying doing this. And I think that there's the disconnect kind of for us um, is because a lot, there's a lot of female coaches and for everybody listening, I'm doing air quotes who are doing kind of this more lifestyle approach, challenge approach, look good, feel good, intuitive stuff. And I'm not like that. That's not my message. My message is pretty blunt and pretty straightforward. Um, I use science also anecdote as well, of course. Um, but I am trying to blend, you know, more direct facts and more direct things at people. And a lot of women don't go to other women for that. So I think that that's kind of been somewhat of a challenge is trying to stay strong with as far as like what I want to represent. Cause I'm not going to change my messaging just to hope to get a certain type of client that might not even really mesh well with us. Mm. Um, so the people who are coming to us are typically, you know, very strong women in their own right who like are excited to listen to another female and have no issue with that. So it's just like an interesting thing that I've noticed over time um, as far as a coach. So <clears throat> really for me, everybody kind of knows, like I try to put out information, whether it's podcasts, YouTube videos, social media posts, if you follow anything that I do, you pretty much know that I'm, I'm straight up. So you kind of know what you're going to get <laughs> as far as like what our team offers. Um, so that's kind of been different because I think that a lot of the women on the coaching side of things are very much this like challenge, lifestyle, fluff, like, and I'm, I'm just never going to communicate that way. And my coaches aren't either. Like they're very much like me, like they're very direct, you know, and, and we're just honest, which is really what I think it is. Um, and now of course that doesn't mean that I'm just like a dick. Like I think when I say that, some people are like, Oh, you must really crack the whip. No, like that's stupid. Of course it's not. <laughs> you coach to your, what your client needs, but I'm never going to back down with saying something that needs to be said or kind of the hard things that need to be said, um, to clients. Of course I'm going to say it in a tactful way. Some people are just way more emotional. Some of my other clients can be like, yo, get your shit together this week. They're like, okay, got it. Other people, it's like, okay, so like we need to do this and then you can work on this. And then how about we, yeah. you know, you have, it's very, it's very different how you communicate. But so that's kind of the interesting, I would say, side of coaching as a female is sometimes you have to, you know, people have to take you seriously, which is so stupid to say, but it, it, it kind of is. And I'm never, you'll never see me be one of these like feminist rah-rah, like, Oh, I'm a women business owner. Like I'm, I'm not one of those people, right? Like I'm a girl who owns a coaching business. Like there's no difference between me or a male. Like I don't try to play those like dividing things. Um, so I never even like to highlight, like I'm a female coach for females, but no, I'm just a coach and I coach people. Like right. that's what I do. Um, and I don't, I feel like that, that just divides people further when you kind of like plant that state. And I don't, I don't think it's helpful. Um, and not to say there's anything against women, but there's also nothing against men being coaches either. So that's kind of where I stand on the coaching side of it. And then on the social media side, that's also super interesting because really have to kind of know how you're playing your posts or your message because people will immediately judge you because that's social media. So things like podcasts are great because I mean, yeah, somebody could take a snippet and be like, Oh, look what Lauren said here. But if they're going to listen to the whole thing, they're going to kind of understand, you know, where I'm at. It's more nuanced with posts or whatever, like sometimes, you know, the caption could be really nuanced, but like, let's say I have a picture that's maybe like a little bit more like suggestive. Some people might immediately put me into one box. Right. And I'm not approved. Like, I don't think that I need to like, not, you know, dress a certain way or look a certain way, but that also doesn't mean that people shouldn't take 
taking me seriously, right? But you have to kind of have that fine line. Like if I'm just posting ass pictures, which I don't just do that. But I'm just standing in a bikini, <laughs> my legs spread open, and then I'm like, hey, so coaching this week. Like, no, like that's, you, you can't do that. Um, so you have to know the fine line of like, what do you feel comfortable with as far as your message and like what you're putting out there? Because people will judge it immediately. So it has to kind of fit with your vibe, but also you have to say, okay, if I'm trying to be a professional, people need to take me professionally. So there has to be some sort of a level um, and kind of just knowing, you know, where you stand, how you dress, how you act, how you speak. That answer? <laughs> yeah, no, totally. No, right. I'm, I got a segue right into my next one, Jason, then you could go, but I want to ask you this because she's on it. Okay. So given that, what is your thoughts among, about leadership among women in the fitness in this industry and what's been your experience and views so far of it? Yeah. So I, again, I try and look at leadership as just leadership, okay. right? Um, and I, I look to people who I find are great leaders. So like one of my favorite people to learn about leadership from is Jocko Willink and Echelon Front, like their whole message. If you ever listen to their stuff, it's pretty yeah, straightforward. Yeah, he's awesome. I read both he's his books. Best. Their whole right. team is amazing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if, honestly, just a plug for the event, but if you guys can ever go to a muster, please do so. It is hands down the best money I've ever spent on any event. And I've gone to a million events. What so was that again? The muster. So it's Echelon Front. So it's Jocko and Leif. And then they have all the other people speak as well. It's two days leadership conference huh. and um, best down. money I've ever spent for a year. And I finally went this year because I've been listening to their stuff for a long time. And I was like, you know, I just, it's expensive. You know, I don't really have a team. Now I'm like, I got a team. I need to do this. Like, let me go. And um, it's, it was so worth it. So like, Somebody like that and like their whole team is like who I listen to for leadership, right? And I'm not going there and like, oh, like there was even somebody who was like, oh, well, you know, what if there was a woman speaker? Like, would there have been more females who came? And I was like, who the fuck cares if there's more females or if there's a female speaking? Like, I am a female who is here who has been listening to Jocko's message, which is a little abrasive to certain people, but that's what you're going to get. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we're not tailoring the talks. If a female happens to fit into that category, amazing. But I'm not going to go to an event just based on the fact that there is a female or isn't a female there. So I think that if you're looking for leadership styles, you need to just look at what works for you and like what you resonate with. Their message and how they say stuff really resonates with me. So I'm going to continue to listen to it. And I think that a lot of people, like I kind of said with the coaching, a lot of the women try to play too hard on the emotional side and almost like the vulnerability side. And I'm all, I'm all for that because you have to be emotional and you have to be vulnerable. And I'm not saying that I'm like this like robot who has like no emotion. I mean, I am a little dead inside, but you do, you do well on this podcast. Yeah. You, we, we're bringing <laughs> you on more. This is for sure. happening. I mean, <laughs> we're just going to kick Sue out. I mean, my hair is less. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sue get kicked the fuck out. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I'm not like this robot or anything. Right. But I'm, I just, I don't like when people play just to that. Right. Like I'm never going to, you know, do that. So I think a lot of times the, the female market will either, they'll either like that or they think that they need to hear that. Um, or that they think that they just, I don't know, for whatever reason, they think that that's how they've always listened to things and that's how it needs to be. Right. Where instead of, Hey, open your mind to whether it's a male, a female, whatever the kind of message is, like it needs to be straightforward. It needs to be direct. And that is really what I think people should be going towards. So if I can at least impact my clients and my coaches, then we can make an impact. And then hopefully, you know, someday that, you know, my clients will impact people that they know and things like that. Um, but yeah, I think that it's, it just needs to kind of change. Like I think people need to stop being so like divisive as far as like 
How do I talk to a female? How do I talk to a male? How, who do I get my leadership from? Like pick a style that you like and actually have true leadership. Like none of this fluff BS. Um, it's just all this woo woo stuff, you know, like it, it, it literally it's nauseating to me. I'm like, you, you couldn't catch me dead at an event like that. You know, we all sit around in a circle and talk about stuff and cry to go. Oh my God. No, <laughs> like just <laughs> not. And if that's your style, that's cool too. You know what I mean? But that doesn't mean that that's the only way that you can learn. Right. So, um, don't know if that. No, that totally did. We actually ran into something. Um, we did a physique, we do the physique education collective. And when we did it, there's yeah, guys and we actually had women be like, why didn't you put a women, woman on there? We're like, well, nothing kind of fit what we were talking about for this event. Like it was, and be honest with you, just, it was kind of like us five guys, just as friends kind of BSing. And we said, why don't we do this? Because we were tired of the ignorance being put out there in social media land. So we wanted to kind of stake our claim to help people out. So exactly. Yeah, and I think that if, interesting if there was a, a viable female option, go for it. Like, and I, I hate to say this and I don't want this to sound like a plug, but I know there's been several times where I've been at events cause I'm like the female. <laughs> right. Um, because it's like, okay, well she's like kind of credible and she's a chick and, and whatever. And I don't know if that's influenced how many people have shown up who are females, you know, like I have no idea, <laughs> but I do know that it can help to have a well-rounded perspective, of course, coming from a female 100%. because yep. you know, you can listen and learn differently but I don't think it has to be a requirement. Like, I don't think that people should shy away. Um, just like men can learn from women too. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think that it needs to be, um, oh, there has to be a person here. Now I'm all for like, if somebody's like, Hey, we need a female speaker and you'd fit the bill. Perfect. I, that's great. Like I'm a female. I like speaking. This is great. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. So. I mean, we, we definitely took the feedback and are thinking like, yeah, we need to, <clears throat> we need to be broad, you know, and yeah. it made sense, but we were a little upset when we heard some say, Oh, well, I just didn't sign up because I just, it was all men and we didn't think it was for, and we're like, no, this is for everyone. Yeah, but, yeah no doubt. So. <clears throat> so interesting. You, I mean, you'll notice Jason. So when we spoke two years ago at the physique summit, cause I don't, uh -huh. I think you were there last year. You didn't speak though, right? Correct. Yeah. So <clears throat> two years ago when we both spoke, I feel like there was a lot more men. Yeah. Right. And yep. then, um, they, you know, I, I think I was the first female speaker. I, if I believe, if I'm correct, but I could Very be wrong. Well, maybe. Yeah. I think I was, um, like at that in 2017. And then, um, last year, I believe that Leanna spoke, um, Leanna Carr, who's great. Yep, and then sure. I spoke again this year. And then this year being there, there was a lot more females. And I think that in general, I don't think that I, like it wasn't like I brought all these chicks in. You know what I mean? I just think that the 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 industry has changed, and there's a lot of people who have gotten who went to that event who now are trying to coach, and there's a lot of women who are trying to do that. You know, so um, I think that sometimes it'll just naturally kind of change like that. And even like for example, like I said, the muster, which is a very like they don't they don't advertise, they don't market, they don't do nothing. Basically, Jocko talks about it on his podcast, which I would say probably has a very heavy male listening base. But there was still plenty of chicks there. I wasn't like, wow, I am the only girl. Only one, yeah. No, like there was many girls, not as many as the guys. But again, it's just a little bit different. And it also depends on there was a lot of, um, you know, the, the types of people who were going, like the, the industries, some are just going to be more male dominated, right? Like that it just makes sense. Like there's a ton of firefighters there. Well, there's more firefighter men than there are women. Like it's just, it's not sexist. It's just way that it is right so um i think that over time things will just change if like the event is good enough and it gets enough notoriety and people talk about it right. um 
but yeah, it's an interesting thing when people say that. Like I've never, I've never been, oh, I'm not going to go to this event because there's no chicks there. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm the same way. Jason, what do you want to ask? So <clears throat> Lauren, I know just talking to some of our listeners and people have given us feedback. We have a lot of young uh, coaches that are women who listen to the podcast. <clears throat> Sorry, my voice, guys. It's <laughs> not working for me. <clears throat> it's not as pure sex as mine is. That's what yeah, <laughs> well, um, Nasley's hot too, Jeff. Um, so what, like, what were your like breakthrough moments um, as a coach? And I'll tell you mine to like kind of help you maybe see where I'm going with this. But for me, like my first one was like competing. When I started to do very well, I had people that would come to me and be like, will you prep me? Okay. And so then I'm like, sure. Never really thought about doing this, but yeah, I'll show you what I did. And that really helped build it. And then number two was when I made the decision that I stopped wanting to be just part of the problem of, you know, people getting health issues from competing and at least understand how to start fixing people. So that helped grow my business. What, you know, maybe it was a certification or maybe you met someone, but how can those listening to us who are wanting to do coaching and make this a full-time gig rather than a part-time gig, what were some of your breakthroughs where like clients just started coming? Yeah, I would say that the, so I basically, I started in 2013 simply because somebody asked me to do it. Yep. I was being coached at the time and somebody said, Hey, can you coach me? Yep. And my first, you know, like year and a half of coaching was basically that was just kind of word of mouth one to three clients. And I had, you know, maybe five, six, like it was like nothing. Right. Yep. And I was finishing out my undergrad. I had been competing at that point for a few years. And then I turned pro in 20, at the end of 2014 at nationals. So, um, after that was kind of when I had some other coaches kind of sit me down and say, Hey, you know, you should probably do this more legitimately and mm -hmm. have like an actual website and, yeah. you know, um, which at that time I didn't. So started that and then really just kind of started sharing a little bit more, but it wasn't like droves of people just started coming. It was just kind of slowly like tick, tick, tick. And yeah. then what really ended up helping a lot was, you know, getting my master's I think for a few years and then I started the masters and then through all that process, you know, talking about the research, continuing to compete. And then at the last semester, I actually went to Australia for a month and was presenting with a few other people. So I was with, um, Lane Norton, Eric Helms and Paul Ravella. So it was the four of us for a month in Australia speaking. So being with people like that, um, was obviously helpful. And then also just kind of saying, okay, I'm done with school. I'm going to put my full effort into this. I finished my research. I've had this credibility and kind of built everything up. And that's really when everything kind of kicked off. So I think it was the combination of experience personally with, you know, me competing and then also the, you know, the education, education. from school. And really my research was more so like just a social experiment of like, like I took away from it. Like I coached these 30 people for six months, which I obviously was not coaching them because that's not ethical. Um, but I'm just mean in my mind of like taking notes and like learning from them. So I, I kind of use that period as not just like, Oh, I'm in school. I've got to do stuff. Like I really dove into and everything I wrote about in school. Um, I geared towards something like physique related, you know, so I was really using what I had to do for this, you know, what we're, what I'm currently doing now. And that was really what kind of kickstarted. I mean, I was graduating and I was having meetings with my advisor, like after class, like late at night, like, what should I do? Should I get another job? Should I do this? And he's like, right. at least try this because yeah. you already have it part time. So like, try it and see what happens. And if not, then go to this. So it ended up like there was, you know, I knew some of the right people. I was trying to travel. I was trying to 
speak and stay involved with science, but also like compete and be in that world. And I wouldn't say that, I mean, I was on social media, but it wasn't really like, I, the, I hate social media, but obviously I know that it's good. You know, like there's, there's lots of pros and cons there. Right. Um, but one thing I really wish I would have done is cause I, I looked at it so negatively when I was in school, it's like mm-hmm. a thing I had to do, which I still look at it that way, but I know I have to do it. Right. I wish I would have documented a little bit more about the schooling kind of process yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, but when you're in the midst of it and you, you know, you're, you don't really give a shit and you're like, Oh, this isn't useful. Now right. I'm like, this is work. So I could have looked at it that way, but in any case, so I wasn't like sharing my whole undergrad and my master's and whatever. I was just kind of sharing bits and pieces and then staying connected with the right people and trying to be places, you know, like when I could, you know, trying to go to the Arnold, trying to go to a science conference, trying to go to the show, you know, and and stay like that. So it was kind of a combination of things. And then after a few years of doing that, I would say that's when it really kind of kicked off. Yeah. I mean, it sounds similar to mine. I mean, it was, you know, bodybuilding for me, yours was doing well in bikini and then combining it with education. Now I don't have the masters in formal education like you. I've done it through a lot of certificates and different things of that, but it seems like, you know, that kind of, they kind of mimic each other. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, that's good. I I think that's important for people to hear. Uh, I was having a conversation about that um, this weekend, you know, I was like, well, you know, for me, it was competing. I was like, you, you know, if, if you got the goods and you can do it, you might want to at least do it a couple of times because it, it just gives you instant credibility, whether that's right or wrong. That's the social media world we live in. And so, for sure. you know and if I mean? you back up what you look like with then, yes. you know, kind of what you know and Correct. how you work with people. Um, the biggest thing that I've done since then, you know, because that's when things kind of started. And then it's like, well, how do you keep this momentum going? And then it's right. really like just kind of learning and understanding two things. Like one, understanding organization and leadership, like we talked about, like those are really critical. Like I will never claim to be a businessy kind of person. Like that's just not the way my brain works. But I do understand that I have to be organized because I'm a very organized person. So having systems, having structure, but then also knowing how to like lead yourself and your clients is incredibly important. And also understanding like just basic kind of psychology, like how to speak to people. Like that's something that I didn't really know, obviously, when I was first starting out. Like I think nobody really knows that unless that's like your strong suit. Sure. Um, so I think that was something that I've really refined or tried to refine and I'm continuing to refine over the years is how do I speak to people? How do I speak just in general? And I think that, you know, you could say the same thing, but in two totally different ways. And I know that thinking back, I'm probably like, man, I used to tell my clients certain things and it's probably the same thing but I didn't know how to say it. (laughs) And, you know, they may not have gotten the right result from it. And that's ultimately my fault because I couldn't communicate it properly. So part of that just takes time. And I think a lot of people are interested in getting into coaching, which is great. But yeah, like you have to have some kind of backing to it. Yeah. Um, And there's so many options now. Like it helps to have a calling card. I think, I mean, it, it does. I mean, something has to give you, uh, the credibility to get a few people. Um, and then you have to do good work with those few people and hopefully they then spread the word and the ball kind of rolls. Yeah. So, you know, you have to have a little bit of luck, but you also have to be good at what you do. So mm-hmm. very, very good answer. Jeff, do you have anything since Jeff and Jeff, Jeff and Jeff too, do you have anything? <laughs> I do. I have a lot of, have <laughs> my lot brain of- is not working great today, guys. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> I have a couple questions. I, I'll ask one. This is this is a pretty meaty one for you, Lauren. So <laughs> I, I know I know of you, and I know of um, you know several like great female competitors in like you know women's physique or figure or bikini, right? So I can rattle off a couple names, but you're probably the only coach that I know of, you know, that has like like 
national clients, you know, clients in other states or whatever outside of where, where you reside. And I know of a few where I live here in the Northeast. And I would say that it's very rare for a woman to be as well known as you in this industry. And I wonder why that is, right? And it seems like a lot of the women who do play in this field, they cater more towards that self-love, intuitive eating, that sort of thing that you sort of have a, have a negative stance on, right? And I'm, I'm sort of wondering, like, you know, can you elaborate more on that stance? Like, how do you think this stance developed? Like, is there a way that, you know, the leaders in the industry can sort of shift away from that? Because it seems like, you know, you go online, right? You see, a, you see a girl who is like, you know, poorly dieted, right, by some random coach. She takes to Instagram posts like a, a novel on, you know, how she still loves her body. You know, it was all about the experience. She still has her family who loves her. It's all about self-love, blah, 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 all this stuff. And now she's going to try intuitive eating because she's burnt out on the macros, burnt out on competing, all this stuff. It seems to happen to a lot of people. I just want to know your thoughts on this. How can this be fixed? Can we do anything about it? Yeah. You know? So that is definitely a meaty question. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like sharing the holes in the bowling ball, you know, similar. <laughs> I might not get sick from it. Well, I'm not sure. But, right. um, well, thank you anyways. That was very, that was super sweet. You didn't have to say all that. But um, so I would say that there's a, there's a definitely like a loaded question and there's kind of parts to it, right? So as far as competing goes, um, I think that, or as far as coaching goes first and coaching people who live all over and whatever, I think that having a strong message and people understanding kind of where you're coming from before they even reach out to you is important. Right. And over the years, because it was only me for so long, people knew local fit is Lauren, local fit is Lauren. Now it's changed a little bit because we're expanding the team and the coaches. So it's slightly different, but it's still the same thing. Like people are coming and they understand that I'm mentoring the coaches. We're all still working together. It's like a, it's a team atmosphere, right? So the stance that I have is very strong. So generally people know that. And if they gravitate towards that, they will reach out to me and work with me no matter where they live. Right. So, um, all over the country, different countries, I have clients as well, of course. Um, and it's just because of the kind of stance that I've had. And it's always because I've tried to stay as truthful and honest as possible. Now to go on record, I do not hate self-love and I'm not against intuitive eating. I knew she was going to correct you. I was like, <laughs> I oh, almost man, corrected you. Like Skip right. Hill. Little Skip I Hill almost there. corrected him. This is the sound bit that I was talking about. Yeah. People. I was like, she never said that. <laughs> I, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. Yeah. I do. Um, I knew what he meant too. Yeah. It's just, it's just fun. I had to clear that up. Yeah. Um, I think it's, uh, so again, I'm actually very pro um, adding in intuitive aspects of people's diets. Okay. I am not pro doing that purely because you did something else wrong and now you're doing a 180. Yes. I think that you need to blend things together so we can get to that in a second. But here's what happens with those specific clients who they may have been through the ringer with a poor coach, maybe once, maybe a hundred times. I don't know. Now they have all these issues. Now they hate themselves. Now they're 40 pounds over stage weight, but their family still likes them. And they are saying that they love themselves on Instagram. This happens, in my opinion, purely my speculation, is when people put their entire lives into competing and they have nothing else to fall back on. So we've seen these people over and over again. They, they use a show as like their self-identity and bikini competitor, it's usually bikini girls, hate to, hate to break it everybody, but sorry guys, I coach mostly bikini girls, so I can say this. Um, it's a lot of bikini competitors who do this, right? There's a lot lower barrier to entry when it comes to bikini, mm -hmm. and it is uh, culturally attractive to look like a bikini competitor. 
So I think that it perpetuates this norm of I need to look like this to be accepted. I will feel happy when I look like this. Everybody compliments me. And then now, because literally it is a subjective sport, you are being judged on what you look like if it's good or bad. So for some people, that will destroy them. Like even if it was a, you know, like it could be any kind of competition and some people just get destroyed by rejection. But especially when it's subjective, it's really, really hard for people. So like if you do like my boyfriend's a powerlifter, you get the squat attempt or you don't. It's pretty straightforward. Okay. You got to go back to the drawing board and, you know, train differently. With bikini, you could get first place or you could get dead fucking last. And it is very subjective. All, all physique sports, right? And what happens is people put the amount of, like, they say, oh, well, I worked really hard. I dieted really hard. I trained really hard. I didn't win. Oh, it's me. I, I'm the failure. So when you have somebody who puts their self-worth into competing and it's a culturally attractive body type, now you have a shitstorm of why these people are competing year after year after year. And then eventually they do get so burned out because your body can only do that so many times. And for some girls, it's like one diet cycle. And for some people, you see them do this five years in a row and you're like, ooh, this is a train wreck coming. I don't know when it's going to happen, but it will. And it's really, really sad and it's heartbreaking as a coach and a person who competes as well. I see this and I'm like that, you know, easily. I mean, I competed probably too frequently also. I fell into that a little bit but I did kind of learn to pull myself out and I didn't wrap my identity into how I looked, but I was just like, Oh, I'm Lauren, the athlete and the student. And then both of those kind of came crashing down on me in 2017. And I was like, who am I? Hmm. So, you know, I think at some point everybody kind of hits that, that thing. Um, but I do think that it, to not get there, because that's the goal to not get there. We have to utilize things like, okay, proper off seasons. And most, again, this is why I say bikini because such the, the barrier entry is lower, but it's not. It's not anymore. It used to be, but it no longer is, right? If you look at a competitive national bikini competitor, that is not what a random person looks like on the street. I'm sorry. I mean, some people, yeah, but no. no. Even the people who are so genetically gifted have trained their ass off to look like that. So for people to think like, I can just jump into this show and just do all these shows, that is not a normal body fat for a female to be at, even if you're naturally pretty lean. Um, and, you know, you need a solid amount of muscle. So you're going to actually have to be a bodybuilder and take some time off. Um, and like you've talked about multiple times, Jason, I'm sure on here too, women just seem to get hit really, really hard with these dieting consequences, you know what I mean? And kind of developing yeah. these compensations. And, and I mean, I've seen it time and time again, and it just depends on the person's physiology. So First, you need to be able to take an actual off season. And then, you know, second, you need to have a balanced mental approach to where you're not tying your entire life and your self-worth into your physique. So I think actually the, the people that I've worked with and people that I know and see, the ones who do the best as competitors have a job that is slightly outside of fitness. So people who have a, you know, it doesn't have to be a nine to five. It can be literally anything. But if you're just like, sometimes the people who are just like coaches or trainers, and then all they do is just think about competing and cardio and their diet. Those are generally the people that get hit really, really hard with this because they have no other outlet. So they have no other, you know, daily thing to go to. And then they, you know, start trashing their relationships. And then all they think about is, is food and, and cardio and, and the gym. And it's, it's really detrimental. So you have to have somebody who's obviously in a mentally stable position um, and then, like I said, I am actually a fan of learning how to eat no matter what kind of style of diet this is. So I think this is a whole different can of worms, but macros became the thing, right? In whatever fucking year that was. 
that became the only way to diet. And this is actually why I, I'm glad that I waited on my research because when I started my research, I was like, oh, well, flexible dieting versus meal plan. Meal plans are super rigid. Flexible dieting is flexible. And that's what I thought of it as. And actually in the literature, if you look at it, there's two different types of restraint. And there's flexible restraint and rigid restraint. So restraint is restraint. All diets involve restraint, but how you go about it is actually really important. So in all honesty, you could use any diet and make that very rigid because now we've seen the backlash of people who have been tracking macros, which are supposed to be so flexible. They forget how to eat completely if they don't have a food scale. So I'm actually very pro now in the off season with my clients learning how to actually eat again without necessarily tracking to the gram every day. So we have, okay, we'll start with untracked meals and then maybe we'll move to full untracked days. And I might even split the week like four or five days tracked, two day, two to three days completely untracked. You still have habits that we're tracking, but now we're not just glued to only the food scale. So there has to be that balance of, do you know how to eat, actually eat as well? Or are you just going to fall off the deep end if you don't have a perfect plan? That Ooh. last part's important. I haven't okay. done that, but I, I might actually, for some of my people, I actually liked that little nugget there. And Jeff, I know yeah. you've done shit like that where you've mm -hmm. taught people to uh, eat and diet basically with no scale, right? Yeah, yeah. I have um, clients <laughs> who don't count any calories, don't count any macros, nothing. And I just teach them concepts. And these people have lost close to 30 to 50 pounds. Yeah. 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 I do that with some of my average Joes and Jans who just, you know, they just kind of need to have that flexibility for whatever reason. You know, kids, soccer, it's kicking up, something like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, if you're not trying so, to get the 6% body fat, I mean, there's yeah. plenty yeah. of, you know, plenty of ways. And even in the off season, once you've kind of leveled off and your calories are at a normal level and, you know, you can go out to eat and have a few normal meals oh, and sure. not like fluctuate no, like crazy. To me, I've just seen, because a lot of the people who come to, you know, obviously work with me, and I'm sure you guys as well, pretty type A if they're competitors, yep. of course. And so for those people, they can they can really oscillate, you know, pretty dramatically. And if you take that, hey, I took your food scale away today. What happened? Holy fuck. It was, mm -hmm. it was crazy, right? Like the whole world ended. So mm -hmm. I think that you have to say like, hey, you could have ate the same stuff and just not, um, you know, put it in my fitness yeah. pal, right? Like you didn't have to stop eating that food. So that's really what I get to. And I think that the problem when I hear the word, oh, I'm just going to, you know, train differently and eat intuitively and this and that is because people do a complete 180 mm -hmm. and it's not even really intuitive eating. They're just eating whatever the hell they want, which is not healthy necessarily either. Right. So I think you still have to learn how to track and balance habits <laughs> that are still conducive to a physique lifestyle. Um, but I think that that can be done in so many different ways. And that's really important to kind of avoid that burnout that you were talking about because it's so easy to fall into that. And I've seen it like a hundred million times over. <laughs> a lot of people don't seem to understand that, you know, having structure, like being able to actually eat intuitively and reach your goals, having, having structure without structure requires structure to begin with. Like you need to put those training wheels on and actually go through that hard work Mm -hmm. learning how foods affect you. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You're not going to say be intuitive if you're just, if you're 300 pounds and starting a diet, that's right. not going to work. Obviously. A lot of people when they go on vacations, they're just like, well, I don't know what to do. You know, right. like, Versus, Hey, just why don't you have a few normal meals and then dinner? Like, you know, a little what, more indulgent. There I you answer go. that question probably more than any other yeah. question. Which travel, travel and vacation. Yeah. Yeah. It's so easy. And I, I, um, I've, I've been traveling a lot the past two years and even 2016, I did a show in Italy. 
um, just for the fuck of it, no other real reason, just besides, oh, it'd be cool to go to Italy and do a show, right? <laughs> and then just stay right. there afterwards. So um, traveling internationally is very different than traveling, obviously, in the States. I mean, every country is going to be a little bit different. But, I mean, I made it work three days before the show in Italy. So, I mean, it wasn't easy because they don't like to eat food like that. Um, but I ate a lot of chicken and potatoes, and I just assumed that there was oil on there. Like, that was my fat. You know, and I just said, this is what I'm yep. going to do, and I'm going to keep it as basic as possible, and I still made it work. Was that glamorous? Was that what I wanted to eat? Absolutely not. But you can literally be three days out and, you know, in another country where you can't bring food and still make it work. So that's super extreme, and I would never want my clients to go to Italy who are not competing and not eat food in Italy. <laughs> but it's, you know what I mean? But it's, right. you know, you have to say, hey, like for breakfast and lunch, maybe we eat a little bit, you know, tighter. And then, you know, maybe bring a protein powder and then for dinner, like, you know, enjoy it. So yes. super simple. But for some people, that's, it's not simple. And that is a whole, like, that takes three months to get there, right? Like, Lauren, I have another question. Um, so why is it in general or in this industry or on social media specifically, do you think that women can't post suggestive photos and still be taken seriously or they may have a higher risk? of not being taken seriously versus the men. Because I've seen guys do photo shoots and they're like laying on their bed, you know, with the abs and everything, the lighting, and they have the seductive look, you know, and I quickly I want you to do a photo like that so bad. Like, with a cat. Brushing your hair. With, with, with a cat. <laughs> Brushing its hair. You know, but listen, no, no, seriously, Jeff, listen. No, seriously. I know, I'm being, I'm being serious. I was just, the way you're posing, you actually I'm, like displayed for her. Is this a meaty question again, or what is this? <laughs> Not a meaty question. Jason well, maybe. Walked out the room. I said, I said, Lauren, why is it that you, like in general, in regular life, and specifically in this industry and social media, that women can't get away with posting suggestive photos as they should be able to do if they want to, and still be taken, quote unquote, seriously by men and women, instead of being looked at as like, you know, an Instagram model, quote unquote, you know, <clears throat> why is that? And what are the things that if there are any things that you would say that women shouldn't, shouldn't post or men shouldn't post, what would be those things in your opinion? Yeah, I think and like I said, in the beginning, like I'm, I'm not a prude. Um, I'm also not just gonna like post shit on social media all the time. Like there's certain things that like I post that I'm like, basically I try to make most of my Instagram to look and read because that is the message, right? Um, obviously story is a great thing where you can like, if you want to post something stupid, you can just kind of put it on there. It just deletes. Um, but every once in a while I post a picture that literally has no fucking purpose. I just like the picture or I like the outfit or, you know what I mean? Like every once in a while. But I think if you only do that, I think the issue is if people are only posting pictures that like look good, right? Like a, like a, like a selfie, um, with like great makeup, right? Or if it's just like a really seductive photo and they're only posting that and they aren't posting any substance, I think then the, the people, the followers are allowed to kind of believe that that is the message they're trying to put out. I think that if you're putting out a message that for the most part is educational and fits within whatever narrative you're trying to create. So for me, it's coaching, science, experience, real life. Like those are the kind of buckets I'm trying to hit. And then every once in a while, I kind of throw in something fun. Or like, for, I went to that Halloween party. I posted a stupid picture in my outfit. That wasn't necessary or helpful. It wasn't a life-compelling photo. I just liked it. And there we go. So I think that if I only posted that, though, and I had my tits out all the time, and then my ass was hanging out, and then there was nothing of substance to follow it up, I think that's kind of where people start to go, hmm, 
you know, yeah. does this person have any substance or is this all that they really have to offer? <clears throat> so that's kind of, and then, I mean, let's be honest, like, you know, people are attracted to each other, which I think that, like, you know, men are going to be attracted to a female in a suggestive pose. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, you know, obviously if you don't like the comment, just delete it. It's pretty simple. Like for the most part, people aren't saying like crazy stuff on my page because again, for, I am trying to post mostly quality stuff. Um, but if there is something that I don't like, or I just, I'm like, ah, I wouldn't want somebody to see that. I just kind of delete it. It's not a big deal. I don't make it. I, oh, I fucking blocked this guy. She, no, I, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I do. I just delete them. Don't, don't make him. I just delete it. It's not, it's, it's no yeah. issue. Um, but I think that, yeah, there, I mean, men and women are, you know, or whoever, you know, is going to be attracted to whatever sex they're attracted to and people are going to make comments. Right. But if you only have that to offer, I think that that's kind of when people understandably could go, Hmm, maybe this is it. But I try to say, let me balance most of the stuff to where it is fits within what I'm trying to tell people. And then when I want to throw in a picture of me just traveling in a cute outfit or at a Halloween party, then it's okay. And nobody goes, Oh wow. What a slut. It's just kind of like, Oh, well there's Lauren's tits. And she was at a party. Like, um i was gonna ask you what are um i'm not alabama so i don't pretend to know a woman's body but um what's your thoughts as a female on birth control so i when you asked that i was like hmm. so i take birth control um i have for many years um personally i to me at this point in my life or when i started taking it too um you know, I didn't want to get pregnant. And that's why most people take birth control, right? Like, just to be honest. Yeah. So um, when I started taking it, obviously, I was a lot younger, and I didn't necessarily know everything that it would affect. Um, and I've just continued to stay on it because I am in a serious relationship. And at this point in my life, I would not like to get pregnant, right? So I know that there's obviously other options. Um, but for me, this is the most kind of protective option. Mm -hmm. And at this point, I've chosen to stay on it. I have a lot of clients who um, take it as well. And then I have a lot of clients who don't. So I do think that it of course is different. I think you just need to know kind of which one works for you. Um, I've stayed on the same one. I've stayed on very low dose oral for the whole time. Um, I, as far as coaching women on birth control, I see right. that most of the time that females who have issues is from the Marina IUD. Um, just calling that one out. Uh, I really, really find that the IUDs kind of cause this weird low grade inflammation because a lot of them just kind of just move, honestly, like they just kind of slowly get out of place. And over time, that just kind of creates this weird pelvic inflammation from a lot of the clients that I've seen. So any kind of the implant, even like the arm implant one, I think that's like next one. Um, I kind of just usually see issues with that. If people are, but not always, some people put an IUD in and they're good to go. Um, and then other people, I have a lot of clients who are just on oral birth control and they're fine. Um, and I have had, I've had people who get hella shredded who take it. Um, so for those clients, obviously, some of them will menstruate. Some of them will not. Like it's very normal to stop menstruating if you are on birth control because even if you do, it's not you're not ovulating, so it really doesn't like matter as much because obviously the whole point of menstruation is to ovulate. So that's where like the protective benefits as far as you know hormonally it comes in. So a period on birth control is like a fake period almost. <laughs> um, but some people will keep it. Some people will lose it. And then as far as the clients who aren't on it, of course, that is my goal to keep that as long as possible um, into a diet phase and regain it as quickly as possible afterwards. So for me, there are, there are risks, of course, there are side effects that come with it hormonally, um, which I'm fully aware of now, which I wasn't aware of years ago. Um, now I am because I am friends with, I don't know if you guys know Victoria Felkar. Um, she's an amazing resource. Um, literally, she's finishing her PhD in women and steroids, which no other female has ever really done. And she's, you know, birth control technically is a steroid because it is, yep. you know, <clears throat> hormones. Yep. 
So she's looking, of course, at, you know, androgens as well, but a lot of it is just looking at birth control. And a lot of the people who have looked at this before are men and they're kind of like, ah, you know, whatever. So she's really doing a deep dive into that. And um, so I've done some consulting with her and have become friends with her over the years. And she's just an incredible resource. So you guys would probably love any podcast she's on. She's been on a ton of different podcasts and information. She usually speaks at Swiss every year and, and stuff like events like that. So um, she's awesome. So I've learned, you know, from her, the different stuff, you know, like there's going to be different vitamin and mineral, you know, deficiencies. And I've even sent you my blood work, Jason, and yep. there's different stuff going on there too. So there's stuff that you have to support if you are on birth control, which I wasn't aware of before. Um, but that's still my choice at this point to take it because the, the one pro <laughs> kind of outweighs some of the other cons at this point. Or would you say awesome. that it, in general, um, a woman would be better off not taking any birth control if she didn't need it for a medical purpose, like something like endometriosis, or if she didn't care to avoid pregnancy? Is it better just to be natural, quote unquote? Or because it sounds like you haven't run into too many problems with birth control. And it's weird that you say that Morena isn't good because a lot of literature that I've come across, and Jeff, you know that book, Period Repair Manual? Yeah, Period Repair oh, Manual. I just finished uh, one on endometriosis, that beating endo book, and yeah. they were even talking about the IUD. So yeah. I always hammer that out. So Laura Bryden, uh, Lauren, Lauren uh, there's a woman named Laura, Laura Bryden who wrote a book called Period Repair Manual, and she is a huge supporter of Morena and the copper IUD. Okay. That, they are better than Depo Provera and any of the pills. Oh, yeah. So it's really interesting to hear you speak from experience. That, that was just my experience with body composition. And again, I've had many clients who have had to have them removed. And when they do get removed, they have created this low-grade inflammation, especially in their pelvic region, because right. it, it moves. Okay. And I guess it is, it is fairly common for that to happen because basically they're implanting it and then it will kind of just kind of slowly move. And I mean, I can, and then with copper, the, the issue with that is that you can, of course, have top, copper toxicity, but right. not even copper toxicity, you're having this high level of copper, and now you need to support with other nutrients because you're stripping yep. stuff because of the copper. So right. a lot of people are not don't know that when they get into it, um, you know, with magnesium and zinc and different things. Yep. So stuff that I had no idea because most people aren't talking about this. So um, if somebody is not worried about getting pregnant and they don't have to take it for some, you know, condition, I would say, of course, it's better to not be on any exogenous hormones if you don't need to be, gotcha. right? Like, wouldn't just get on birth control for fun um you know it was it was you know but for most people you know who are sexually active that is something to consider so um if you want to be off birth control and you have no reason to necessarily be on it i would say don't start it for any reason um but i, I have i have seen with myself and then plenty of other people that you can be on it and you know diet successfully and you just really have to manage kind of the hormonal side effects so the biggest thing that i've seen which you saw jason is the cortisol um, you know, it is pretty high from the prolonged use of it. Now, um, that's people have seen that over the years, like your, you know, your natural uh, hormones will go down and then your cortisol will go up specifically with OCP use, which is the oral birth control. So I know that and I'm trying to do everything in my power as far as lifestyle. I'm also a crazy person. So for years, I've been like a mismanaged <laughs> maniac, um, which I think is really the issue um, on top of, you know, just being like a high achiever, being very type A. I had an eating disorder from like eight to 13 um, you know, getting into, you know, competing at 19. So there's a lot of factors here. So I can't just say, oh, it's only the birth control. But I do know that that can, you know, play a role with it. I would say if you are going to start, try and be as low dose as possible. I take the generic form of whatever loestrin is called now, which I think they changed the name again too, but it's basically that one. So, um, you know, that is something that is an option. You know, you don't have to take these crazy high 
hormones. Um, I think like Depot, like you were mentioning, like that's like a pretty high dose from what I understand. And it's like a shot. Like, so I would imagine that kind of metabolizes differently too versus like every day low dose. So, um, yeah, that's my take on it. I don't know if that's right or wrong, but personally it's kind of where I stand. Thank you. Yeah. So I got, I went and had lunch with one of my clients. You remember Rick Ramirez, who was uh, JR's husband, who was at the BBC? Yeah. Yep. So you know how he's a nurse practitioner? Yes, I do. He printed me off nine pages. This is all the birth controls with their doses of the drugs. Nine pages in the United, of drug And they keep adding more and more each year. Yeah, I, mean, I know. And he's like, dude, I didn't realize it was that long when I printed it <laughs> for yeah. lunch to kind of go over it with me. And I was right. like, holy shit. Now, yeah. that was great. Uh, Jason, do you have any other questions? I have one last one. I'm just curious. Like, I mean, we all, we all prep bikini athletes. Um, it's, it's changed a lot. Um, since it came out yeah. just curious, like, you know, I mean, we've all, Jeff posted some pictures. Jeff, was that picture of Lauren that you posted when she was coming on the show? Was that her like pro was her, was she pro there? Do you know, Lauren, uh, did you see the pics? I forgot which show I pulled that from. I think Lauren, you saw the photo, oh. right? Oh, me. Yeah. Was that, yeah. Was that a pic? Was that, was that a pro show? Yes. That was last year. How did you do there? Every show last year, I was pretty much middle of the pack. I mean, that was a great look, but it seems like yeah. they keep going like bigger and bigger. So, I mean, to me, it's like, it's, you know, it's kind of the evolution of how female bodybuilding went, women's physique went, yeah. they didn't want shredded glutes. Now all these girls are shredded glutes. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, bikini girls look like figure girls from five years ago. Figure girls look, <clears throat> I mean, I haven't heard anything about much coming down to change it. What are your thoughts on it? Like, uh, are you going to do anything to make yourself more competitive? Are you just going to put the best body out there and, and deal with where they're at? Or are you kind of going to just stay away until maybe they uh, maybe put out a mandate and the judges start, you know, bringing it back to where it was. Yeah. So it's so interesting. So like I said, I, I, I won the overall at nationals in 2014, right. which for all intents and purposes is a pretty big show. And that was, they said, this is the look, right? Like this is what we're going right. for. And I started um, my first show was actually in figure when I, I, I did figure for a few years and then clearly was not muscular enough for that. So made the very easy transition because in, by 2014, bikini girls started having abs and they started being a little bit, you know, tighter, a little muscular. So I, my figure body was basically a bikini body with new posing. So at that point I had been competing for a lot, many years, kind of back to back. And then I decided to go into a prep pro debut year, which I should have taken off because my body was pretty much kind of trash at that yep. point. But I decided, let me push. And I still kind of managed in 2015 and 2016 to do decent, like the best. I actually, in 2016, I placed third. Oh, wow. um, so that was, that's the best yeah. I've ever placed. Was oh, yeah. It was yeah. a small show. <clears throat> shows were smaller small than. pro show. Yeah, so smaller show. I did get third. And then, you know, a few top call outs, like, you know, mm-hmm. a few times, right? Yep. And then I had a pretty gnarly glute hip injury at the end of actually that prep. Um, and then I kept pushing. And then 2017, I was forced to take completely off. <clears throat> so then I came back last year. So that was that picture from then. Okay. So that was my yep. fourth show of the season in that picture. So okay. Okay. Um, I competed from June to the end of uh, August uh, last year. So about 12 weeks of shows and I did, you know, five shows in that period. <coughs> and first one, um, I simply, I literally, I had a cortisol dump right before the show. Right before, I 
my makeup artist was taking too long and I almost missed the show. Like didn't have my tan on. Right. Like it was fucking, I was like, I'm not going to get on stage. So I just looked like a sheet of nothing. Right. But so that didn't really count. And then the next show I, I looked pretty good, had detail, but just wasn't lean enough. And then I really hammered it. And then I came into kind of what you guys saw there, which was kind yeah. of heat condition at that show. Yeah. And so I um, naturally kind of sit, you know, at a decent size, like a fuller kind of person. But then when I get to a certain body fat, it's just, I just get very, very tall. I'm not very tall, five, seven and just very long limbed. So things are very lanky and I don't really have a lot of that density that a lot of the girls have. Right. So I right. kind of had that longer, leaner look, mm -hmm. which used to be the 2014, 2015, 2016 kind of look. Right. And then now I just, I simply just can't hang with the girls who have the density um, and the girls who have, you know, just that kind of look, right? It's just not me unless mm -hmm. I decide to potentially start taking something. Right. Which is not off the table. At this point, again, kind of like the birth control thing, I've decided that the cons outweigh the pros for that, in my yep. opinion, currently. Um, and I, I've i just decided, you know what, for now, I'll just stay natural. And yep. I've, that's kind of where I'm at with it. And I, yep. I have nothing against people who takes, obviously, like no issues whatsoever, um, but for me personally. So. Right, right. I've kind of said, you know what, I'm going to work with what I have, but even for clients, right? Like I obviously now have to go right. to where you it's have like, to have these conversations. What do we do? And right. the thing with the national shows is before, like, you know, I'm sure you guys have always heard, Oh, just do more shows. The judges need to see you this and that. I honestly, I've been to almost every single national show for the past three years. Do not show up unless you look good. The judges don't care if they've seen you. If you do not look like you're going to win. Now I'm all for, I've brought clients to these shows before where they clearly are not going to win and that's their best physique. So that's fine. Right. If you're not bringing your best package, then don't even come because if you're trying to play the political game of, I'm going to see every judge all the time, but you look washed out because you've done every show this year, right. you're not winning is what I'm saying. So if you want to go to a show and you're like, you know what, this, I'm probably not going to win, but I want to get the experience. I'm looking pretty good. Hell yeah. I'm, that's what I'm, I'm all for that. But if you think that you need to do every national show every single year to turn pro, it's not happening anymore. It used to maybe happen because it was just a little bit, okay, yeah, we've seen this girl a million times. She looks a little better. Sure. Now, no. The girls who are winning are fucking mutants. <laughs> yeah. And everything is just is on point. It, it, it is hands down the most competitive division, not by the means of what bodybuilders have to put into as a work ethic and things like that by no means. But if you do not have all this put together – Mm -hmm. And you do not, if you're, if your hair, makeup, tanning, suit, all that isn't perfect. If your posing isn't perfect and if your physique isn't what they're looking for that day, it's game over. So my advice to bikini competitors now, because it used to, like, I kind of got caught up as a coach, like, fuck, well, we got to do the shows. We got to do all this stuff. We got to keep going. And now I'm like, whoa, 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 pump breaks. We're taking the whole year off and then we'll, you know, we would visit it next year. And I've right. done that with a lot of clients now because I'd rather them just look fresh and look their best. Um, and again, actual bodybuilding because of the standards, it's, it's, you can't just walk in. And honestly, if I could put a mandate in, I would say that they need a, they need to split the bikini division because there's a very obvious difference with some of the chicks just are more muscular are leaner and they can get that way. And then there's some girls that just have, don't have that physique like, you know, myself and, then they come out with wellness instead. And I'm like, nobody looks like that. And yes, you live in South America. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know many people who fit that mold. Unless, like, seriously, like, like it's a perfect, that's why it's such a big division over there is because right. a lot of the girls that I know who are 
They all look like that. They all look like that. So I, it's not really like a thing over in the States where I'm like, man, all these bikini girls have these huge legs and huge mm-hmm. asses. They need to go to wellness. It's like, no, we have a clear distinction of this girl has striated glutes and this girl has a softer physique. So to me, that makes way more, I mean, I know why they did it because now they're doing all these shows in South America. So it makes right. sense. Mm-hmm. But I think that really we, we need to do something because I mean, I have clients who are fully natural you know, like I diet them like normal people and they have literal striated glutes. And then I have other people who they just always got that layer of fullness and never really get that detail no matter how much we do. And that's just genetics. Right. For sure. Lauren, speaking of genetics, (laughs) how much do you think genetics plays into bikini? Because I know some girls who like look great. They can get really lean. They just don't have that bikini look. And it's almost similar to classic physique versus bodybuilding. Like for example, I could never be like Jason Theobald and be classic physique, you know, I'm a bodybuilder, you know? Um, and then the other thing is how much do you think your looks like in terms of like your face plays into how well a, a woman would place in bikini? Cause I've heard some comments from people and they're not the most respectful, but they always say that, you know, the pretty girls win. What do you think? So, um, first with the genetics thing, I think that shape is supreme with bikini. Like, they're looking for shoulders. They're looking for tiny waist. They're looking yep. for big glutes. So that's something like, so for me, I have a stocky waist. I'm straight up and down. I'm SpongeBob. You know what I mean? Like in the off season, I got a fat ass. That's great. But I got also got a stomach. You know, it's not like there's just nothing going on. Right. Um, I have broad shoulders, but they're not like capped. Right. So there's, you have to kind of know your, the one thing with bikini is that you can pose to your strength. So like figure front pose, front pose, you're not hiding anything. It's either, this is what I look like, right? Bikini, you can kind of manipulate that. But ultimately, yeah, there are some people who no matter how hard they try, they can look better for them, but they just might not turn pro. And that's just the reality because of how competitive it is. Um, So shape is supreme. Like for example, Issa um, Piccini, who won the Olympia, you can't tell me that somebody didn't have a better X body part than her, but she has the whole shape. Nobody's beating that, right? I mean, if Angelica comes in shape, she might have, um, you know, and if Lorelai could have peaked a little differently, maybe, but I'm in, I mean, just in general, look at the top five as a whole, or top six as a whole, nice shoulders, tiny waist, round glutes, detail, not too much. You know, the girls who get too lean, that's not good either. Girls who are too soft, that's not good either. So there's kind of that, you know, you have to have that look if you're going to be that top contender. And then as far as like looks and being pretty and all that, like, I, you know, I hate obviously to, to judge people based on that, but this is all being judged subjectively. So, so it is subjective. There's going to be some people who like a certain look better than others. Um, you know, duh, like there's going to be you know, guys who play bowling. I don't know. So everybody has different, different styles, right? So what they're attracted to. Um, so judges are going to look at that too. And you know, having, I wouldn't even say necessarily that you have to be the prettiest person, but you have to put a lot of effort into your presentation as far as the hair and the makeup and the the tanning, because that can literally make or break you. If you go on stage and your makeup, you could be the prettiest person in the world and you have dog shit makeup. It's not, it's not a clown. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to look like a clown. You're going to look muddy. You're going to have no pop. And then you see people who for all intents and purposes, you're like, okay, like girl next door, cute puts on the makeup and you're like, who the fuck is that? You know, like <laughs> yeah. some, right. Like some people just look like the makeup does a, a big deal, like the makeup and the hair and the tan. So, um, 
I wouldn't necessarily say that it is like, oh, you have to be the prettiest person to win. But a big part of this is the beauty aspect of it. Um, and we can't yeah. kind of it, ignore it's that. There. It's there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm going to try some makeups and see if I can crack nationals top five. <laughs> they might have a new organization for that. I don't know. But. <laughs> With the hair and the makeup? Jason. Hey, there was, there was guys locally back in the day when I started competing that would put uh, mascara on. Are you yeah. really? Yeah. I have the men's physique guys with the crest whitening strips to be walk around the back. Yeah. yeah. Well, Smiling. I did just see a guy who I'm actually friends with. He's a, he's a good coach. Um, had one of the makeup artists who does a lot of his clients' makeups, like did his makeup. He does, he did men's physique and classic. And basically it was just, so he didn't tan his face and it was just like kind yep. of contoured to match the tan. So it didn't just look like he slapped a bunch of tan on. Yep. And I was like, holy shit. Like it was just so weird to see him with makeup. Yep. I look good though, you know? It, it did. I mean, it looked yeah. better than just like the scary, like tan. face tan. Yeah. I think we've right. all done that to where you're like, oh my God, what is this? Yeah. yeah. Girls yeah. don't tan your face. Carriage and treatment and a makeup, a makeup appointment for nationals. That's right. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. Um, I guess well that we're pretty much out of time, but I have one yep. final question for you. Where do you see yourself and your brand in five years? Where uh, would you like to be? I know you hate those questions. God. This is not a Jocko <laughs> question because you can't predict the future. <laughs> I listen to this podcast, so I know. So but you're gonna answer, hopefully. I'm just, I'm just terrible at this. I actually I, trust me, I actually should have a five year plan. <laughs> um in all honesty, no that so um, I see, I see us adding, you know, potentially another coach or two, you know, down the line, I would like all of our coaches to be full-time right now. They're part-time because they're all kind of finishing at school. So my goal is within the next five years to have a team of potentially five coaches who are working full-time. Um, and then I can still have my own clients, but kind of scale that back slightly. And then I'm going to continue to travel and speak because that really is one of my favorite things. And whether it's speaking at like a bodybuilding conference or whether that's speaking at a, you know, science event or even, you know, doing some consulting with businesses, um, something like that, you know, with, along with the nutrition and fitness kind of realm. So that's really where my goals are, is expanding Team Local Fit with our coaches and the ability to take on clients, as well as expanding our reach through other avenues, whether it's speaking or just further education. That's awesome. Pretty good. <clears throat> you want to give uh, your social media where, where everyone can find you at, YouTube, any of that good stuff, go ahead and spell it. Yeah. So, um, uh, Instagram and YouTube is just at Lauren Conlin. So L-A-U-R-I-N-C-O-N-L-I-N. So just spell it right. You'll find it. Uh, the team website is teamlocofit.com. I do have a few podcasts as well. So we have the Team Local Fit Roundtable. It's myself and the other coaches. Uh, I have Redefine Healthy Radio with Paul Ravella. And then I have The Unglamorous Life with Celeste Bonin. So I have a few podcasts that I do. YouTube, Instagram, those are the main ones. And you can find all of that on the website. Uh, as well, there's links to that stuff too, in case it just makes it easier. No, I I, I love today. I can't wait to bring you back on. So if the, Sue ever calls in sick, you're our you're you're QB three. Like we're bringing you in. We're gonna be like, all right, throw you in because he might like, he might get picked up by a pixie girl and like he might he might. I'm like, I only spent a hundred bucks on my hair though. Is that, am I allowed in the group or? Yeah, you're good. Jason and I are bald as shit. Like, yeah. like, they don't so spend anything on their hair. This is masterone earned right here. Okay? <laughs> like, that's just straight up how that happened. Let's just be honest. I'll be a real man on that one. I'll take that. Oh, thank you guys so much for having me on. This was awesome. And I, sure. I the questions were great and I really hope that people got a lot out of this and I'd love to come back on. Oh yeah, no, we're for sure doing it. Thank you so we'll much. Do it. No, thank you. And I'll have this posted tomorrow about 10 a.m. on the uh, central time. Perfect. Right. 
Sounds awesome. Good. See you guys. See you. Y'all have a good you. one. Thank you, guys. you again. That was awesome. Really enjoyed that episode with Lauren. Um, that was just fun. Wanted to bring you guys up on a few things. Next week's episode, we decide we're actually going to talk on our craft. We are going to go over met comp and heart rate variability and stress. So how it's going to unfold, we don't know, but we're just going to probably use some client examples and start breaking it down as a way to kind of educate on some stuff that we are doing with our clients uh, and helping them the way we are. Also, the Physique Education Collective is going on, I want to say it's January 11th off the top of my head. It's the Saturday down in Atlanta. Um, if you guys would please get a hold of us, if you guys are interested in coming right now, we've got, I think there's a couple signed up. So we're trying to make sure that everything is uh, coordinated correctly for coaches travel, etc. And we look forward to putting this on. And if you guys would be so kind to leave us a written review on iTunes podcast by Apple, I guess they just kind of control the show. So appreciate everything uh, i know the guys and i have loved doing this and we look forward to having lauren on again and we have some other cool guests down the road for you guys that we think you guys are going to enjoy have a great one